Hello and welcome to ESM Squared, the podcast for experienced social media marketers. Today I'm joined by Jeff Faber from SIAT, which is a digital agency that prides itself on building, supporting and growing great online stores. SIAT is an enterprise level agency with a team of 25 specialising in e-commerce. Jeff and I are recording at a distance today, so apologies in advance for any eventual sound interference due to not being in a studio. And finally, FYI, this episode is a two-parter, so don't forget to check out part two when you finish listening to this one. Hello, Jeff. You are digital marketing specialist at Syat. Can you tell me a bit more about the work that you do within the agency? Yeah, for sure. So I'm definitely um, uh, more of a generalist uh, within the agency. Um, so we, we do digital marketing for, for clients that that's a, a range of different um, different services from uh, social media, as we'll be talking about today, all the way to um, web design, um, SEO, and, and, and other digital assets. And I believe that your main focus with the work that you do for your clients is on Instagram. Um, you described it to me as being your most strategic platform at the moment anyway. Um, could you tell me what the key figures are that you follow for performance tracking on Instagram? Yeah, um, yeah, I say most strategic because um, Instagram is is a platform where um, users of the of the app are most interested in following and interacting with brands. Um, there's a real real strategic opportunity with with e-commerce on that platform, and a lot of the clients we work with are are e-commerce first. Um, so really, when we're we're tracking metrics, the ones that really matter to to our clients and and to businesses is um, what are the conversions and the conversion rate we're getting from Instagram. Um, so through advertising, but also through organic, how many people are we getting clicking on the link in the bio? So um, or clicking on Instagram shopping links. Um, the other metric that's really important, and this is something that I I really believe in personally, is uh, the engagement per post. So that's something that we're tracking um, through Iconosquare is is what percentage of followers engage with each post. Um, there's an industry standard and it varies over different um, sectors within industries. Uh, but the you know the average is around 1.35 percent. So we're we're trying to you know hit that with each of our clients and, and get over it because when you're getting true true engagement on posts on Instagram, it really demonstrates that you've hit the right audience. Um, you know, your message, your messaging and content is resonating and, and it's making an impact. So I'd say those are kind of like the two metrics we're looking at, like what's the return for the for the um, for the brand um, as far as dollars is concerned? And then what also is the return in terms of building an audience and, and building that awareness? I see. Yeah, because uh, as you say, it depends on the industry for the average engagement rate per, you know, it's, it depends on the sector. But the fact that yeah. you're trying to hit the, the overall average for all of them is already a, a really great objective to have. Just out of interest, do you also look at the intention behind the engagement? I mean, do you go do you go in and, and try and find out what kind of engagement you're actually getting in terms of what's been written and what's been said? Yeah, sure. Um so none of the the client like we work on more uh, medium sized retailers on on social. So we're not seeing um, a huge volume of of um, of comments and reviews. Um, so it's pretty easy to see when something negative comes along. Um, but uh, so in in that way, yes, we are tracking it. But it's not a big big factor as as um, we we might get something negative like 
once every three months or something like that, most of the engagement we see is, is positive. We obviously report back on, on some of the more typical metrics like reach, um, impressions, and, and so on. But those do less in terms of like moving the needle for brands because you know if, if you're getting reach and impressions without real uh, engagement or, or actually bringing in, in dollars, um, it's, it, it's not as impactful. So although it's a lot easier to show metrics like reach and impressions because it's easy with Facebook ads to really boost those up, um, you know, unless you're getting real engagement or, or actually bringing in, in dollars, it, it, yeah, it's not as impactful. Yeah. How do you um, do the reporting for each of your clients? I mean, is it just like a standard document that you, that you come up with or do they ask you for particular metrics depending on who they are? Yeah, so we, um, it, it really comes back to what the big business objectives are for each brand. Um, so that's a conversation we have at the beginning. And then when we're building out a content strategy and a content plan, that's all related back to those objectives. So that also trickles down to the reporting phase of, of every month. Um, but those reports do typically look the same because as, as I said, for, for everyone, we're looking at, you know, how are we moving the needle on those business objectives, but we're also looking at, um, that engagement rate. Um, but the process is, is pulling that data from Arcano square and then plugging it into, um, a slide deck to show. Um, so we'll always have a, a section there to give everybody a, a brief overview. Okay. So in this month, you know, here, here are the three most important metrics that we are looking at, and this is what we saw. And then we dig down a little bit deeper into those and then we also make sure we leave a space in the, in that presentation to to show the insights that we're seeing um, it's really important that we see month over month growth even if we have an objective of of to get let's say two percent engagement rate um, and we are only reporting half a percent if we can show that we're we're improving that month over month then we know we're going to get there eventually uh, so that's really important so you know, and how do we get there? We look at each month's analytics and we say, okay, what insights can we find? Um, you know, we there might have been two or three posts that did super well for that month. So what what is it about those posts that did well? And how do we replicate that in the months ahead? So we're always uh, bringing metrics up and, and, and reporting growth. Smart. And do you manage every month uh, to, to have that evolution to show them yes we do we we typically are able to show growth every month um we do have the occasional bad month uh that i'm really not afraid to present to the client because we can say okay here are the the insights we found uh we tested something and it didn't work so we now we know you know we'll add that to the list of things not to do again and we can delve down into the things that did work well especially when reporting in, in smaller um periods you know so if you report once every six months, you're always going to have better looking metrics because, you know, if you, if you had one month that wasn't as good, the other months will kind of make up for it. So when we're reporting every month, it, you know, you do see that fluctuation up and down. But typically we, we are able to maintain an upward trajectory um, despite uh, a bad month every once in a while that, that's also a great learning opportunity. How about uh, the other social networks that you work on? I guess it's not purely Instagram. Like with every brand that we work with, there's typically one social network is the best fit. And I mentioned Instagram as being most strategic because typically Instagram is the best fit for, for most brands generally. But we do work with, with brands where there's a better fit elsewhere. 
Uh, we work with some business to business clients where LinkedIn is the best place for them to live. And typically the content we build out is, is targeted towards that one plant platform that is best for them. And then from there we say, okay, how do we also send out these messages on other platforms that their audience is on? So for a business to business uh, client, for a brand that focuses on business to business, you know, they might be on LinkedIn and that's where we're posting longer form video content, um, PDF documents, slide decks, and so on. But we also know if that demographic is also on Instagram or Facebook, which they likely are, how do we also send those messages on those platforms? So for example, on one client uh, that's business to business, we're posting videos on LinkedIn. We're taking those same videos, we're cutting them up into 15, 30, 60 second clips and then posting them on Instagram as well. Um, so yeah, most clients are on several platforms, but we like to be strategic and choose one as the main platform and then kind of build content out from there because otherwise the content creation just gets out of control where you're trying to create um, specific content for all of these different platforms. And it's just much better to focus on one, do that really well, and then see, okay, how do we send that message out to other platforms that are relevant to the audience? Yeah, all with keeping a presence on the other platforms, but really focusing the content efforts on the one platform, right? Yeah, that being said, um, I don't think it's true that everyone should be everywhere. If there is a platform that you're on that that the content you're posting there isn't relevant to that platform, um, it will create some. Um, it will create like a, a negative. Negative uh, feedback for you because, you know, people see that on that platform. You say, like, you're obviously not really part of this community. Um, a big pet peeve of mine is when people post uh, Instagram or Facebook posts and simply reshare them on Twitter uh, because Twitter has a very specific um, requirement for images and uh, video resolution. So you can spot it right away uh, when, you know, like a square image has been reshared to Twitter. It's, it's not real. It's not, you're not part of that Twitter community. You're just posting because you can also post on Twitter. Um, so yeah, you know, it's important for, for brands to have a presence on platforms that are relevant, but you have to be willing to be a part of that community because every platform has a very specific community. And that's why, as I said, each brand is going to have one platform that's most strategic to them. Um, you know, like LinkedIn is, is, is known for people wanting to hear about work. They don't want to see things that are, are popular on something like a, a TikTok or Instagram stories that, you know, we're spending time on LinkedIn because we want to hear more about business and, and, and hear those more professional stories. So it's really important, yes, to, to have a present on platforms that are relevant to your audience, but to make sure you're being a part of that community and not just posting for the sake of posting because you can. So important, yeah, to to adapt the content to the to the platform that you're on and to the audience yeah. that you're targeting. And oh my goodness, I completely feel you on the pet peeve about the <laughs> reposting the same content on yeah. a different platform just so you can say oh i've posted <laughs> yeah because because if you look at it you know you can look at the the insights into what what demographic is on each platform um and if and if you're posting the wrong content it's just it's it's a big issue and there's also a general there's a feeling on each platform um, Instagram, people are, are happy to follow brands. They're interested in hearing from brands. 
the platform is is people describe it as the experience as being you know inspiring people are going to instagram to see new things to be inspired but a platform like twitter it's it's about like what's happening right now it's about you know being in the moment like what's going on right now so if you have yeah exactly what we're just saying if you have content you know you've scheduled three months ahead of time and you're posting that to twitter it's it's not going to be relevant in three months and and it's going to fall flat um so you have to be aware you know who's on these platforms and, and how do we use them properly how do you define the content you post yeah, this is the this is my favorite part of my job is is figuring out what to post for people. Um, we have a bit of a process for that is is where we like to sit down and, and and start off with the business objectives for any brand, and that's typically in marketing. Like that's where you should start with with any decision you're going to make is is what are, what are we trying to do as a brand? What are the stories we want to tell in this month? And we have to make sure that's related to that that um that marketing strategy so we know what they're trying to accomplish and then we we sit in on that meeting where we're we're hearing about the marketing strategy so and that's really when a brand comes down to it and says okay so this is how we're going to achieve our goals through marketing and that really incorporates everything this brand is going to do and then we ask the question okay so how does social media fit into that strategy so for example if we're working with an e-commerce client it's going to be a big part of their marketing strategy is to push sales through social media. So for a client like that, we know, okay, so we're going to be pushing Instagram, we're going to be pushing Instagram shopping, and we're going to have to make sure that we're repeatedly giving people the opportunity to go through and shop and we're, we're pushing that. And that's how we figure out a content plan. You know, that's really the most important part of it so that we can say, so this is the content we're planning to post and create, look at how it fits into your strategy and reaches your uh, business objectives. But we also want to be thinking about what else we know. So when we're putting together a content plan, it's typically a month at a time, a month ahead. And we are going to say, okay, so we know that we know that marketing strategy and what we need to pull from there. But we also have to think about, okay, so what do we know about these platforms? What are the best practices that we have? And then also what kind of branding does this brand have? Um, what language do they use? What are colors that are important or imagery? because we have to make sure we're communicating their brand authentically. And then we also want to think about what resources are available. Um, you know, what, what kind of budget do we have for, for creative? Can we afford to be posting videos all the time? Uh, what resources do we have in terms of being able to interview people and so on? And then we take those four things together and then we decide, okay, so what kind of content are we going to be posting this month? And what stories do we want to tell and how are we going to push it out? And then we'll fill out a calendar that we think that's going to, you know, it, it ticks all those boxes. It follows best practices. It's going to meet those objectives for that, that marketing strategy and, and reach back. And then we go and, and we execute. Um, and, and we create that content um, as efficient as we can. You know, oftentimes you can batch things together. Um, one one thing that I really like to do is if we're if we are creating video content in terms of uh, let's say some some interviews from from um, employees to get a bunch of employees together on on a fun day and then to get you know employees to even with some costume changes some some changing of clothes and stuff like that to to answer a bunch of questions all at once so that we are most efficient with our time and, and resources and then that's that's kind of how we figure out what we're going to post um and and then and then we go after a month we look at the analytics and we say okay this one did really well this didn't and and we move on from there 
I think it's really important to be able to answer with every post that you put out those four things. Are we following best practices? Is this reaching the strategy for the, this brand on social media? Are we communicating the brand authentically and clearly? And um, are we using the resources available to us most efficiently? But I always have, I have a checklist for things like, like I have a caption checklist, like, um, you know, like does, uh, what's the context of the post? What's the content of the post? What's the call to action? What is the story that we're sending? Um, you know, who is this for? What's the format? And it does it follow branding kind of like if I can say that I've looked through all of that, like that post is ready to go. And that, that kind of thing I think is, is useful. You know, like in any post that you're putting out, can you answer some basic questions about it? Um, it really protects you from just putting out content for the sake of it. Can we just move back to the who is it for? Um, because yeah. we've had a conversation in the past where you have told me that a lot of the accounts you work with are trying to build awareness with Gen Z. Um, so how would how do you go about that um, on on the different platforms? And a sideline question, do you do TikTok? I have to admit, I personally uh, quite enjoy um, scrolling through TikTok. It's, it's a cool platform. And, and I think it, it really represents a really cool movement in social media in general that is going on, on over the last few years. Um, I think we saw with Instagram this, this rise of this perfect content and really polished looking stuff that was really cool. And it, it's fun to be a part of that community and create that kind of content. I love spending a long time in a photo shoot creating something really beautiful. But, I, but what that has done is it's created this, this kind of negative side of that culture where everything is perfect and platforms like TikTok or, or Snapchat or even Instagram stories as well kind of rebel against that and say, no, let's, let's be real. Let's be really authentic. So I really think, you know, that's, it's a cool TikTok and is a cool example of, of how that, that um, movement has kind of like changed over time is, and, and that trend in social media. That being said, we're saying TikTok is really authentic. It's, it's not polished. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty basic. Um, that doesn't align with a lot of brands that, that we work with. In fact, a lot of brands would have a hard time getting on board with that. Um, one example of a, a brand that's doing really well on TikTok that I that I like to look at is the Washington Post. They have a, they've done a really good job where they've taken their message of of news and telling the news and put it into kind of TikTok format. It's really cool. A lot of the clients that I work with, that would be really hard to get them to to get into that because you're really taking, um, especially if a brand has spent a lot of time being very polished you're trying to kind of pull that apart and, and put them on TikTok. But that also makes it very hard um, to reach if you're trying to reach a new demographic like millennials or, or even Gen Z. You know, that, that makes it really tricky if you're not willing to, to play on those platforms where they are. That being said, there's a huge millennial audience on Instagram and that's why we like to use that pl platform. And some strategies for getting into that is is making sure you're following current trends on content um, content trends change all the time some examples that we use is is we'll post some memes we make sure we're posting short form video um, we don't waste time with intros or 
or anything like that at the beginning of videos because we know like millennials are, are looking for content right away. Um, we're keeping captions very conversational and casual and, and trying to, to make emotional connections. Those are just a, a few strategies that we use um, for reaching a millennial demographic, but it's it's tricky, yes, because you know one of the clients in, that we're working with is they do a lot of recruitment and they're recruiting people who are millennials, but they're a very polished button button down brand, and and we really wrestle with that all the time. Um, you know, if we're posting a casual picture of someone at work, does this? follow a brand guideline and does it also knowing what we know about millennials does it also connect with with that audience that we're trying to connect with and that's a fine line to 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 kind of tread um and and yeah so so i would say to kind of summarize um many clients are trying to break into that millennial demographic it's it's really i think it's a popular demographic um through any all industries and the strategy for doing that is is trying to keep content that connects with that audience. You know, you need to make sure that you're keeping up with trends that are of interest to that audience. You're playing on platforms that are, are of interest. So Instagram is an easy one because you don't have to be working really hard to, to convert your content to, to fit into something like a, a TikTok, which is, it's tricky. It's not something that we're used to. And also uh, making sure that, yeah, the captions that you're writing are, are conversational and they connect. And, and you're using, um, yeah, content is, is things that millennials are, are interested in. And a lot of that has to do with, with being, um, showing how you're interested in making a bigger impact beyond just um, growing a business, but you're also trying to impact the world around you. Yeah, the emotional thing is, is, a, real, is a real game changer for the younger audiences, definitely. The memes thing, I love that on on social media. Like big memes fan. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it's great. Yeah. So it's great that you it's, guys do that. Yeah, it's um I've done a lot of before we we start a content plan, before we 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 uh, get going with creating content for for anyone. We do a lot of market research. And in doing that, I've I've learned from some really big accounts that put out really polished videos and really great photos the memes actually do the best because they really connect with people and that's yeah that's just like such an insight that that everybody should be making sure to be fun and and connect with people on on social i mean honestly even if you're not on social media for that reason if you see something that makes you laugh i mean it's it's just instinctive isn't it i mean it's it's just something that humans enjoy so it it really yeah. just makes so much sense it's it's pretty clear when when brands look like they're kind of they're trying too hard to be to be cool and to fit in and that's that's really bad for you too you know if you're trying to fit in with a millennial audience and your content it looks it looks too like you're trying too hard then you know that has a ne- negative effect too so it's it's tricky. It's um, breaking into new audiences on social media is is a different a difficult. Um, it, it's challenging. Actually, for TikTok, I was speaking to one of my colleagues the other day, Trevor, who's in charge of the customer support here, and he is a big TikToker. Like he's got a thousand followers. He was telling me that the way to break through on TikTok now, like in twenty twenty, because we're already quite late in the game is to is to really find a niche and and do a series of videos that make your account all about one certain type of video which people will come back for 
and, and not try and follow all of the trends and do everything. Just choose one thing that you do, do it really well. Those were his tips anyway. Yeah, no, that, that is a great, great uh, strategy. And, and using TikTok, I've definitely seen um, people be successful in that way, like using that strategy. Because of the way the algorithm works, it if, if your account has one focus, then the algorithm will will kind of reward you and, and send that to people who have that same interest. And then your content will keep showing up and, and really connect. So that is a good strategy. That's the end of part one of this episode with Jeff from digital agency Syat. In part two, Jeff and I chat about a great Facebook ads project he worked on that had some really incredible results, and he shares some valuable tips from that. He also explains to me how he dealt with a social media flop. We also go over the content not to post if you're a brand, and Jeff shares an educated theory with me on how the Instagram algorithm works, and also where he gets all of his content inspiration. So I hope to see you tuning in to part two.